We are back with the Reflect Now podcast with a very, very special episode. Uh, I'm ready. I hope you're ready. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. I am joined today uh, by a very special guest, and it is Josh McCauley. Hey. Um, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. That's awesome to be here. Thank you. It really is. Uh, I did warn you ahead of time uh, about how we generally start this because normally we'll go with a, give us an intro of who you are. I think most people would have an idea, but maybe if there's a, give us the 30 second intro update yeah. uh, for people that maybe know of you, but maybe don't know uh, the whole thing. Give us the, the quick. 30 seconds. Uh, Josh McCauley, married to Terry McCauley, have three awesome kids, pastor at church in the eastern side of Johannesburg uh, called Redemption. Um, my mom and dad started a church 40 odd years ago called Rama Church uh, in the Randburg area. And yep, um, honored to be a part of building the Church of Jesus Christ with everyone else in this country and around the world. So that's Amazing. the short uh, We always like to get the conversation going with a little bit of a game. I, I did mention this to you. Um, we do two truths, one lie. Yes. Um, three things about you, yes. one of them, is a lie. I've got to try pick out the lie. Yes. Um, so if you're ready, give me, give me your three. Three truths. Two truths, one two lie. Two truths, one lie. Okay. Um, first fact or not could be uh, I have a tattoo. Second fact or not could be I played drums for Kirk Franklin at a concert. Third fact or lie could be I played front row rugby for my school. Ooh. Okay, I'm gonna go with. I think you've. I think you've got a tattoo. Pretty sure somewhere in there you got it. Is that true? Correct. Okay, true. Okay, now it's between. It's the completely kosher. It's of Jesus. It's on my shoulder. That's Just in case people were wondering, you know, <laughs> where this goes. <laughs> where it was, yeah. Yes. No, no. I mean, trust me. Yeah. Always got conversations about it. Um, <laughs> second one. Okay, so true, Kirk yeah. Franklin or playing front row. I know in your, your earlier years, you were a bit of a bigger guy. Yeah. Um, but I also know the circles you're rolling, it's, there's, there's no way that you haven't met Kirk Franklin. So, Correct. I'm gonna say Kirk Franklin fact is fact. It's true. So you didn't play front row? No, I played field hockey. Oh, there we go. Didn't even, didn't even try it. Josh, let's open up our conversation because I think there's so much to talk about um, specifically with um, one thing I've always appreciated about you in any conversation we've had over the years, um, and me and Josh actually do go back a long way, even though he might Correct. not remember all of them, uh, because my gran actually was on staff at Rayma. Yes. We were little kids, maybe a few years apart, but running yeah. around green rooms. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but one thing I've always been struck with is the humility you have. And so first question okay. I, I wanna go out, and, I, and it's probably a question most people would wanna ask, you have, Potentially the most famous surname in the church within South Africa. Yes. I mean, when AKA Actually. raps and literally drops your dad's name, it's, does a, it's he? a big deal. There's a, yeah, yeah, AKA does. Um, it's probably not pro- in a good context. There's probably pros and cons to <laughs> being a, a Macaulay and holding that yes. name and having the dad you have. Yes. Um, tell us, tell us what, what that journey has been like and where there has been the pros and um, amazing side of it and cons and how, how do you navigate that space? Well, I think first and foremost, I think both of my parents are awesome. I have the utmost respect for them. Um, I really 
admire my father so much for the fact that he's really just who he is and um, there's no other side to him that people don't see. There's always been an authenticity to his faith and his walk. It's never been perfect, like most of us are not perfect, but he's always had a genuine desire for people to get to know Jesus. And um, so like straight off the bat, knowing who my dad is, and knowing what he's like, and um, obviously my mom, but my dad would have been the more prominent name. Um, it's it's definitely has its pros and cons. The pro for me was I was raised in a home that had an absolute resolution that we are on this earth with a purpose to do something significant for God. Um, and I was raised with a faith in Jesus and a faith in the call of God on people who say yes that is just instilled in me and a lot of the things we do that are crazy and insane and if God doesn't show up we're finished uh, is it's who I am and I owe that to my parents and I, I actually believe I think people think they have children but I also feel like as a parent and as a child it's so important that we recognize God actually designs families. Um, and by that, I mean this, like if parents out there, they think, oh, we just have these kids and they're gonna just meander through life and figure it out. I actually think God like assigns spirits, like I'm a spirit in a body. Like I'm not in heaven, Joshua McCauley, who, you know, plays that sport and tries to play golf and, you know, has these passions. In heaven, I'm like, he has a spirit with a calling, with a mandate that is a precious child of God, but I'm gonna place him in this home. And you recognize that just how, the, that's where generational God is just awesome, and which is why the devil comes with his attack on the generations, mm -hmm. and how people will identify with, oh, if my dad was an alcoholic, I will be an alcoholic. But the truth is, if you flip it, and people in our churches recognize, I'm a believer in Jesus, and I'm a business person, and I'm, I'm passionate about it, or I'm this, or I'm that, and I have these, but actually like your children, they're like you in DNA, but they're like you because there's a chance that actually you can foster an environment for them to go further. Um, and so I, I feel a lot like God graced me by being allowing me to be born in that home because of what he wanted me to do. And I see my kids the same way, not in a weird way, like they're not getting told from birth, you're gonna be a big preacher and stuff, but they have a purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's to serve the Lord with their gift. Artistic, creative, business, homemaking, whatever it is, like, like social, whatever that moves them, but it's not for money and stuff. And so um, I'm grateful for being raised in that family. So for me, the pros are not necessarily the obvious, like, mm. hey, you, you have these easy opportunities in, in the church world. And so it's like, it's like, oh, you know, if my dad owns a business, therefore I get a job there. It's like, mm. no, actually my dad has built a business. There's something in me that I could have that in me too. Yeah. And, um, that would be the pro for me. Um, and then the cons, it, the cons are just, in all honesty, that um, you're raised with a very real awareness of what people think of your parents, mm. especially as I wasn't raised in a bubble. So I went to uh, a non-charismatic uh, like school and was around people and I know what the world thinks of us and, and, um, and, and very aware of how they perceive, you know, what we do. Mm. And so, um, yeah, and I think, uh, and I think, but it's, yeah, it is what it is. You know, I think everyone is raised with pros and cons. Definitely. So, yeah, that would be it in a nutshell. And then um, redemption. Uh, 
tell us, a, a, just give us a snapshot around the journey where you guys came from and where you have been. Yeah. Um, snapshot. Long story short, uh, went to school, left school, off the matric, barely, um, and then decided I want to be rich because being a pastor is a lot of effort and a lot of work and a lot of, um, yeah, it just wasn't the life I wanted naturally. I wanted to have money because then you can do anything apparently. Um, went on that journey, um, found myself having an encounter with God in a club that led to a series of events. Um, you know, when you know the Lord, when you've gotten saved, like, and I always encourage people, like, no matter how off track your kids are, if they've had an encounter with God, there's, mm. there's, it's, it's left a mark on them. You know, that's why parents must always have their kids. Like, until your child's 18, like, I had to go to church hungover, you know, like, that's how scared I was of my dad. <laughs> my dad. But it was amazing because um, you just don't know what seeds they're getting. And when parents say to me, oh, you know, I let my child choose, and they don't know, and I'm like, ah, 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 if you're paying the bills, bring them to church because it just when they grow up they understand why you did that and it matters to them um and and so for me like um i had an encounter in a club i was pretty drunk not 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 like but i was wasn't sober but i was really heartbroken because i had experienced the love of god before but i knew like hey these people are all lost and and it's funny because you're lost but you're not you know you've been saved and you're living like in maybe a mess you're in a pigsty but you know what home is like you know mm. you're like a prodigal but you know you have a loving father and you look at people who don't know they have a loving mm. father and you're like gee someone should tell these people that they have a loving father and then the, and then the devil's like oh you're a good you're a great example you'd like hammer drunk with him and in that and in that experience i just had a, a bouncer come up to me and go hey i know who you are and i was like oh my gosh you know like okay this is going to layer on the condemnation, you know. And, and he just was like, hey, God just wants you to know he loves you. And he's, he's just waiting for you to come home. And whenever you're ready, it's fine. Get as drunk as you want tonight. It's all good. He just cares for you. And I just had these little, like, moments where God's grace just was out of this world. And that led to me then having a church service, being in a church service and just being confronted with that, mm-hmm. deciding, hey, actually... I know why I was made. I know what I'm made for, but I'm really scared of it. Um, and then saying yes, and then going on staff at, at Rama for my dad mm. um, and working there and then being there like eight to nine years and then feeling God say, hey, I want you to go and kind of pursue something I've put in you. Um, and that's very hard for people to understand. Mm. Um, it's really hard to leave a church well. Um, and my own father's to start a church on the other side of the city and truthfully, like calling our church Rhema would have given me a congregation of a few thousand potentially in the East immediately because it would have been like, hey, multi-site, you know, yeah. I need to drive to Randburg. Um, but I felt God was like, no, I want you to go on a journey to discover mm. if I'm with you. And that was interesting. Um, so somewhere, um, yeah, I think October 2013, we had our first church service expected thousands of people i don't know we had a handful of people started out our church with i think just under 100 people counting ourselves our friends our children our dogs not even i think really the core was 40 people if you want to be honest um and all at the time my peers in ministry whose parents had big ministries or whatever but like a lot of the guys my age who were opening churches were opening to like justin bieber and five thousand people and I was just like, my goodness. I think I remember during that time, uh, it was just a little bit after that when you were telling me the story about it, um, the way you phrased it, and I, lo- <laughs> I loved how you phrased it in that, 
I think you were like, I just felt in that moment I was playing in the kiddie pool. Yeah, totally. Compared to seeing everyone yeah. else where it's like, I'm used to a thousand people being your volunteer team. Totally. <laughs> but you know, the truth of the matter is numbers matter, people matter. But, but I feel like um, it's not the primary reason we do what we do. And so it was such a humbling experience to go through. Do I want to see the one person encounter Jesus in the mm. back end of Lynbrough Park in a small holding? And um, that kind of just built in me, I'll do this whether no one comes type of thing. Now, of mm. course, our ambition was never to only have 20 people, but not because I want to have a big church. Maybe there was a bit of ego in me coming from big church world, but that gets killed really quick, mm. all right? Um, and... Um, but on the flip side, I want to have a big impact because so many people need to find a home and they need to find their place in the bride of Christ. Um, so it was, yeah, we started the church in 2013 um, and then by the grace of God, it's just kept seeing, seeing an increase in, in, you know, God using it. Um, and then um, a friend of mine in Holland decided it was his season was up of a church he was leading and phoned me up and we had a conversation and we, we, I'm really summarizing months of conversation. He was just like, I just think you need to be the new senior pastor of our church in Holland and we'll submit to South Africa. And I was like, you know, how do I do this? Uh, you go, yes. You know, <laughs> I, I was saying no with my body language, but like just out of me was like, okay, God's in this. And so we did that at the end of 2019 and, and launched Redemption Netherlands in the beginning of 2020 into COVID. Not knowing what 2020 was going to bring. Not knowing. Um, and so at the moment we have yeah, a church here in the Greenstone area of Johannesburg um, and a church in the Netherlands in a number of locations which are all online at the moment. So that's kind of where we sit right now. Absolutely. And I, I, I do want to also just like honor you in it because I think every time you speak about just the journey and the story, um, it's that humility that just keeps coming out. Like I said mm. in the beginning, uh, just how honoring you are of your dad, um, being honoring of what God was calling you to obedience. Um, you know, there's a reason you. reason you went to the other side of the city. You've spoken about that um, to me before and just being honoring of what it was, but knowing what God was calling you to. I think, um, you know, there'll be the, you know, there may be, um, there may be church leaders, other churches listening to this. Um, I love that whenever I do speak to you, you always get this idea that there's this preeminence and focus and power of the gospel and power of grace mm. and power of the local church yeah. um, in whatever way, shape or form, even if it's small, big, doesn't matter. It's about the fact of what they're going after yes. as being so important. Um, you guys have a, have a series that you've been running through redemption called Light in the Darkness. Yes. I think that just really does speak in your heart. Yes. Um, putting that light into dark spaces, Absolutely. but focusing on the light. What do you think if you had to um, almost encourage or even challenge or even um, push, but what do you think the church should be focused on right now? What do you think we should have our eyes on? What do you think we should be reflecting on yeah. and reflecting? This is a Reflect Now podcast. Sure. Um, for, you know, having the last 18 months we've have had and, mm. and, and what will come in the next. Okay. So first and foremost, I am, I am really uh, challenged um, by what we would call modern day church um, to be very careful to deviate mm. from the plan God has set forward. Um, relevancy is important. Relating to the world is important. But this message in the purest form of its design is the perfect menu. Mm. It's like it doesn't need 
to be changed. It does need to be correctly interpreted. But the Spirit of God, you know, is, is so clear and so, it's so simple that it can be the most profound, but it can, it can reach a person who's never even read a scripture in the most profound way. And the local church is, is from scripture, even from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it is the, it is the housing for the Ark of the Covenant. It is the place for literally the picture of Jesus, the work of Jesus, which is where our redemption is found, our restoration is found, our forgiveness, our healing, our wholeness, everything is found in that work. When you, when you have the ark in the temple, it's just everything works. Um, if you take the ark out of the temple, it's just a building of empty worship. And it's even in the picture in the Old Testament. Like, why does God say David is a man after my own heart? It's because he wanted the ark back in the temple. It wasn't just about a temple. It was about Christ being central yeah. to the story. Um, and so for me, I feel like sharing light, spreading light, experiencing light for myself, which is a continuous journey, is literally just about knowing more of Christ, what he's done for me. So I believe a local church has the ability to unfold that story for people's lives all the time. So in everything we do at Redemption Church, we're conscious of it's a vehicle to point people to Jesus. So when you look at, in, in, we actually did a study on this as a church. Um, I, I kind of got this thing from the Lord kind of checking out the four horsemen because it's the apocalypse and it's the end and all that stuff. And when I studied it out, I saw a very, uh, very interesting, and you can throw the link up if people want to watch it, because yeah, I think true. it's kind of a cool sermon. It's really, it's got this, it would make an amazing kind of movie-esque kind of Lord of the Rings vibe, because you've got the four horsemen, which is basically the, 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 the horse that comes white with like a false crown, mm. the horse that comes red with like a sword and, and for war, the horse that comes um, uh, pale for disease, and the horse that comes black for famine. Um, and they come from specific areas and specific places. I'm going in a tangent just for a reason. It's very interesting because basically the white horse that comes with the crown is about basically false representing a king, mm. but it also represents truth. It also represents um, leadership and everything. And it represents all kingly kind of anointing in place. And so what's interesting is you look at these horses and where they attack from and you have fake news, false truth, uh, many gods, you have this whole confusion yeah. of what is truth. You look at the horse that comes red and it's literally strife, wars, rumors of wars, yeah. right? And, and right now, like the world has never been more confused, has never had more strife and, and, and issues, uh, and like races, genders, nations, religions, best friends over vaccinations, mm. just strife, yeah. strife everywhere, right? Right down to the home in the church. Uh, so then you have the pale horse, which is, it literally says like deadly beast, but the, but the Hebrew word there for beast is actually small plague, right? And then, then that's like pestilences and disease. And then you have finally uh, the, the black horse, which is famine, drought, destruction, lack. Um, so it's so interesting. I don't know in our lifetime when the last few hundred years, all four horses have ever been as active as they are now. It just feels like it. Mm. Then you have reference to this season by Jesus in Matthew. And he says, there will be people who will literally bring deception of me, lies, preach me wrong to deceive the, sh the sheep, the flock. There will be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be disease and destruction. There'll be famine, there'll be earthquakes. Mm. This is the sign of the times. 
What's really cool is when God tells the nation of Israel to camp, he tells them to camp in the shape of a cross. It's a very cool picture. You only know it when you study it out and you see how in numbers, Moses is told the tribe, yeah, the tribe there, the tribe there, and they're in the wilderness, but it's not in a circle like a wagon. Mm. If you zoom in from space, it's the shape of a cross. But then he says, lay out the four tribes at each corner and each corner has a banner and a tribe and a name. And each banner is actually a picture of Jesus from the four gospels, the four faces, each actual face faces in the direction of a specific horse that comes in or from scripture and it's so cool because it all points to the cross mm. and then in acts it tells us that they get saved right in acts chapter 2 like there's a move of god preacher preachers love that idea because the greatest failure ever like i deny jesus three weeks later standing to a crowd of jews who he denied jesus to or a few weeks later don't get all hectic on the timeline with me but it's within a matter of weeks He's standing there and his first line by the power of the Holy Spirit under the forgiveness of God, because grace says it's not about what you've done, it's what I've done for you. His first line to the people he denies Christ to is, you who denied Christ, right, repent. I just dig it. And the Holy Spirit moves, 3,000 people get saved, the church is born, and then it tells us they did four things. They devoted themselves to the word of the apostles, right? Truth. Yep. They divided, devoted themselves to the fellowship of the saints, right strife because like we got to do this together genders colors races like the early church was jew and gentile do you understand that was i'm a jew and now i'm worshiping with my enemy who hated me and killed me forever like i wasn't allowed to eat with them let alone come into the same house of god and we're family yeah it was way more bizarre than i'm black and he's white i'm afrikaans and he's zulu it was like we've killed each other forever and mm. i couldn't even eat with them because they were unclean now we have to worship together and lead and preach and look, they're all filled with the spirit. What the heck's going on here, right? Oh, yeah. But that's a picture of what Jesus does. So fellowship of the saints, then the communion, which deals with the horse of literary disease, right? And then literally the prayer by the spirit, which is very interesting as charismatics get into that. <laughs> but literally your prayer life, possibly even your spiritual tongue, right? Speaks literally to famine because famine talks about being dry and destructive right now we know they share their goods so you can talk about the giving of your finances into the local storehouse but actually it's a spiritual reality that breaks the drought and the famine and it's going by the spirit that you're spiritually led in your business in your home in your family anyways long story short is what's awesome is you have all this going on right and it's in our scripture mm. and it preaches better than any cnn headline because you're like guys god foresaw this and he's already made the local church with his message of jesus breaking of bread communion pray by the spirit gathering of the saints and the preaching of the unadulterated gospel is what deals with these four you know and you're like that's light that's so sorry long tangent no so 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 hope. that's what i think trisha should be doing man we don't need to redefine what's there. Just dig and study and by the Holy Spirit, he'll show you that there is such amazing revelation in scripture. We don't need to reinvent church. We don't need to reinvent our lives. I'm not talking about online, offline, in person. I'm saying that the culture of, hey, you know, what, what God put in scripture might not necessarily work as well. And we've got to kind of give it a natural spin. Mm -hmm. No, we've got to pick up that there's just so much here and people will love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, if you talk about a lo local church, I will get excited being a guy who's devoted 
yeah. my life to it knowing I, I knew it at, at 15 yeah. years old um i think it's also you know it always comes back to um the idea of church you know we our church has spoken a lot around when you when you go into purpose is such an important thing is understanding the burden god has placed on your heart um and then start to ask the questions okay what's he put in your hand to to start moving in that um the burden of my heart i couldn't vocalize for a long time mm. even being on a church staff I, i couldn't quite vocalize what it was but it always came back to this thing of that the local church would matter to people and anything I'll do, I'll try and let's put, put our hands to that, uh, which is so important. Um, final thing. And, and, and I'll just give you the final. Sorry. Th- just a note on the local church. Yeah. I, I just want to say like, you know, big shout out to you guys. And I really, um, like, I, like you mentioned, uh, Mr. CFO Trump was on here and like just season one, Brett Trump. Yeah. Great, great guy. Yeah. And just like, I just think, you know, just, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the church, not just our church, for Jesus's church. Yeah. And uh, a big shout out to all the people in your incredible community, your incredible church, and those that will still join and be a part of it. And I really hope you guys, all of us thrive on the other side of one day reopening and, you know, how God moves. But just, you know, you guys are, I drive past you from time to time. And, uh, you know, I, I do think of you guys and I am, um, I'm excited for what God has in store for you. Amazing. Josh, thanks so much. We will organize a visit properly. Uh, for anyone watching, anyone listening where they are right now, sitting in the space they are, the space and place they are, um, one final encouragement um, to grab a hold of. I think it's this. We wake up to natural, natural realities every day, right? We wake up to our emotions, our physical realities, the economical realities, like we, we wake up to all of that, right? So all of us have in some way, shape or form, every single day we wake up, we wake up to the fact that flip this, this sits in front of me, this is over my head, that could be going on. In any sphere, financial, relational, emotional, physical, whatever. But I think that what we've got to do then is, is, is start our day out mm. with what is the spiritual reality of our lives. Mm. Um, and I don't mean being um, a religious consumer of content mm. because that's very dangerous. You, you can know a lot about God and not know God, yeah. right? Um, and forever and a day we will be writing books and theologians will be studying and, and deciphering stuff. But, but I want to encourage you to just like enjoy, enjoy the Lord, right? Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy him. And the picture for that is this. My, my, my two boys are quite boisterous, okay? And um, like, if I take them fishing, right, it's interesting because um, uh, I, I, we were, we're terrible at fishing, okay? Um, but that time is allocated for a purpose. So I take them fishing and there's nets going everywhere, there's, there's casts going everywhere, the, the eldest one is throwing the hook around, someone can lose an eye, you know, as the bob hits the water, He's yanking it like a fish would lose its face if it actually had bitten anything. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's an absolute dog show if you're like within a meter of us, you know? But what's interesting is as we go fishing, my kids might be down, sad, discouraged. They might feel like they failed at something at school or they've been bullied or something goes on. So we go on this fishing journey and you might see them leaving with me and they, they have a certain countenance. They have a certain way. And then whilst we're having fishing, I'm like, hey, so tell me what's happening. Oh, dad, I was bullied by this guy. Oh, this guy, let me tell you, boy, this is what you do. 
And we, oh, but he, he, he's a tough guy. Well, I'll tell you, if, if he touches you again, dad's going to come there and sort him out, right? And dad will sort his dad out, you know? And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, your dad's bigger than any of these bullies that you face. And he's like, oh, well, you know, the other boy might say like, you know, dad, like, you know, I'm not that smart. I'm like, smart? Let me tell you, your teacher doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, you're the smart, you're too smart for your teacher. You know, you know you're going to be this, you're a that, you're a Macaulay, you're going to change the world, right? And the truth of the matter is, if you watched us go fishing and you watched us come back from fishing, you would see my boys leave with a negative countenance and then you'd see them return with their chests out, their heads high, ready to face the world. The challenge of Christianity is people look at that and they go, we know what the answer is. The answer mm. is fishing. So it's not fishing, it's fellowship. So whether you're praying, worshiping, listening to the word, fasting, like like whatever action you're taking, like it's not the formula, mm. it's the fellowship. Like just let God love you, let him lead you. Then you can, you can fast, but like people go, I'm gonna fast and everything's gonna change. I'm like, well, if you're not gonna enjoy the Lord, you're just gonna be hungry and miserable and angry, mm. you know? And I feel like for me, it's like, we can be very formulaic as believers. Like what's, what did you do? Oh, you prayed at that time of the day. Oh, you, you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Versus, hey, it's just time with dad. And, and every act we take with him is just fellowship. Yeah. So I just encourage people in this time, before you meet the natural, just let the fellowship happen with you and God and he'll lead you and guide you for the rest, the rest of the day. That's what we're reflecting on and that's what we should be reflecting uh, to a world that so that's desperately cool. needs it. Um, Josh, thanks for, for joining us. I, I, I mentioned it. I hope you were inspired, encouraged. As always, uh, there's someone that hasn't heard this, hasn't watched it, that you can share it with. So I'd encourage you to do that. Um, thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Uh, this episode's done. Uh, thanks for joining us. Awesome.